Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, in studio by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Boys, we have much to discuss today after a little tech snafu there in which uh, Big R was having trouble with his home Wi-Fi. We got to get our boy back out on the road. It's been too long. Uh, Big R, where's the next uh, where's the next destination, baby? Yeah, man, I had a, I've had a, I've had about a two week break and then, uh, yeah, going to get back out to, uh, going to get back out to Florida here. There you go. And, uh, you know, you're due to be retreating somewhere shortly. You know, man, it's been a rough two weeks. Time to get back out to the panhandle. No, no rest for retreat, man. That's right. Panhandle. It's, it almost sounds like my eschatological position too. So, you know, all rest for retreat, man. Absolutely. (laughs) No, yeah, no, no work for retreat, man. All rest. There you go. All there rest, go. And no play. Yeah, makes retreat man. Guys, I'm an ideas person. I'm a, I'm a thinker. All rest and no play makes retreat man. A, wait, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. know. It's hard to finish that one. Yeah. Hard to know. I'm what a creative. Man is. I'm a creative. Are you also a storyteller? Maybe you're a creative. You're a storyteller. You're a visionary. You can't be locked into these, you know, standard nine to five work schedules. I'm an Enneagram four. I refuse to be categorized. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Are you a, are you what is it a resourceful for or are you an unresourceful for? Believe it or not, it's embarrassing to say this, but I, I'm a resourceful for. Yeah. What's your wing then? Three. Three. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I am, baby. Yeah. Or wing three. An RD person that gets things done. Imagine that. Absolutely. That's that's why we're so compatible. That's why we're such good uh, radio co-hosts. We are. It's um, beautiful. That's why. When that's why you two as fours could author a book together without just hating one another after. I, well. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn. Maybe there was a period of hatred in there. No, but check this out. out. So far, so it's good. Pipe, yeah. that's what's so brilliant. Is I mean, Ted. I mean, let's uh, let let's just say it right now. No hype for the two books we've written together. We literally never got into one argument over any. Dude, of no, it. it was zero percent stress, man. Zero yeah, percent because nothing. we all got everything done on time. You know, there yeah. was no sense of like waiting around for the other guy or. Yeah, um, there was I, no. Yeah, I think part of our fourness, Big R, is the sense that like. I don't know how you work or how you're best managed, but for me, like the the ideal scenario is for somebody to just commission me to do something and then completely leave me alone. So, and, and I think that's how we work together. Like I trusted you to get your parts done and that they would be good, and and vice versa. And yeah, there's just no sense of um, trying one person trying to manage the other. So yeah, absolutely. I think it was just a sense of like I like deadlines, and yeah. it's like just tell me what you want, tell me when you want it. And then I'll, I'll be able to manage myself, I'll, yeah, to, to, you know, get to the deliver date and we're good. And I think it's because, too, uh, you know, I, I think we had we'd done so many projects in our lives and we'd gotten so many things done. There was like this trust Absolutely. that was already in place, you know. So it was like I wasn't, I wasn't sweating anything. I don't think we sweated anything, right? No, I sweated zero things. Baby, do you remember that cup of tortilla soup we had? Oh, oh. Toledo, the Manhattan of of the Upper Midwest, for starters. Yeah. I mean, good times in Toledo, man. We need to write a book about uh, the gospel in Toledo. Yeah, mm. yeah absolutely. You, you think Crossway might be interested in that? Maybe the energy in that town, unbelievable. Oh, you can sell it yep. at a gospel coalitional, a gospel coalition regional conference in uh, the yeah. Upper, they need to have the, a little the, the Upper Rust Belt regional conference. <laughs> a little confab in Toledo. I'm I'm uh, I'm there, man. So, uh, gospel coalition guys, Crossway guys, if you're listening, Justin Taylor. Um, and I know you are. Uh, um, we we are ready. We're ready to to go on that project. And boy, speaking of books, uh, our sponsor today is actually Harvest House Publishers. Uh, on behalf of my new book, it's called The Extraordinary Life of a Mediocre Jock. Uh, it is a book for kids. Uh, this is probably for you know kind of fourth, fifth graders, um, upper upper grade school level. 
And uh, it's about a kid going to school, a kid trying to figure out his uh, his identity as an athlete and a person and, and trying to figure out what's cool and, and how to love Christ, how to have true affection for Christ in his heart when um, he feels like he actually has affection for all these other things, sports, um, the girl that he likes, his friends, etc. So uh, it is a graphic novel in that it has uh, lots of pictures and, and things along with the text, but it is unlike a graphic novel in that no one has any superpowers, nobody can fly, nobody can like you know, break through walls, unlike our Marvel characters, you know, unlike Retreat Man. Um, the character in my story can't just fly to Naples whenever he feels like it. But uh, nevertheless, it is a good book. It's being received well. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it and a lot of fun with uh, the people who are reading it. So check it out. It's Harvest House Publishers. The book is called The Extraordinary Life of a Mediocre Jock. And you can get it at a little online retailer that I'm that I'm really pulling for. Um, I'm really trying to help out this little mom and pop. I think all the exposure they can get. Uh, the URL there is Amazon.com. Again, that's A-M-A, Amazon.com. Run, don't walk to get your copy of The Extraordinary Life. Well, we're, the- we're nothing if not shop local and stand in the corner of the little guys. So I'm really glad you pushed Amazon. They've been, oh, they've been hurting. Nobody buys books from Amazon. Uh, it seems like the independent Christian bookstores are thriving while Amazon struggles. So, yeah, everybody flock to Amazon, save them, um, ignore all other retailers. What Gosh, you know what? They have, been, they have been wonderful to work with. I, I don't know what your experience has been with them, guys, but they have just been – they're lovely people over at Amazon. Dude, so. Jeff Amazon, seriously, one of my – like one of my favorite people. Yeah, just a terrific guy. I mean, all the interaction we've we've had setting up my little page there, uh, it's just been a delight each and every moment. Like this podcast is, boys, and like drinking Lagaris Roasters Happy Ranch Signature Blend is a delight. Uh, last week I was a little glum. Um, I feel like I I, sh- I sold them short in terms of the promo, but uh, visit LagarisRoasters.com. Hector and I are. Uh, we're actually working to get Lagaris Roasters coffee into the Jackson General Stadium here, Pipe. So we are going to be the exclusive coffee coffee provider of uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks AA affiliate Jackson Generals. Um, that deal is uh, is in the works. We're just putting the finishing touches on that. But um, if you can't get out of the ball out to the ballpark, visit LagarisRoasters.com, grab a bag of Happy Rant Signature Blends, and uh, we can get into these topics, boys. Um, we got some fun ones. Uh, I want to get us started with a little bit of news, a little current event. Um, That is one of Trump's staffers was recently kicked out of a restaurant for being one of Trump's staffers. (laughs) So apparently this person went into – what's her name, Sarah? Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I think she's the press secretary. She's the one who does all the press conferences. I don't know what her title is. Press secretary. Sarah Sanders is a great name. That's like the the name of a girl that we would have gone to college with. You know what I mean? Um, Is she really a Huckabee? Is she his – is she Huckabee's daughter? I, or I think she's related. We'll go with that. Uh, makes for better radio. So, yes. Yeah. And fact-checking makes for Gosh, crappy radio, radio. So let's ignore that. So Sarah Sanders, she she comes into this restaurant just uh, wanting to enjoy a meal out, an evening out um, in, a, in a restaurant meal. And she goes in and she is she is informed by management that they will not serve her. Uh, because what, what was the wording pipe? That she's part of Trump's what kind of regime? Well, I don't know if it was – I don't know what was said directly to her. That would have required reading lengthy articles. Uh, What was said to the press was that because she's part of Trump's, uh, essentially his uh, bigoted and um, unfriendly and divisive administration, and she's a mouthpiece for that, she's not welcome to eat there. Fascinating. I don't know how you boys feel, but I think 
anybody should be able to refuse service to anybody else at any time with no explanation. I like this. Um, I, 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 it just makes it more sporting. You know what I mean? Like when you go out to eat, you don't know if they're going to serve you or not. So you feel that sense of, of victory and relief when they actually put a meal in front of you. I, I think, I think this is a fascinating development. Uh, what do you boys think? Piper, you're, uh, you're up on these things. You're kind of a political animal. What do you, uh, what do you think about this, this news item? I, I find it fascinating because of the flip side of the coin, which is so in, I think it was in Oregon a couple years ago, there's the baker, and this court has yeah. gone on, dragged on interminably, who refused yeah. to provide a cake for a same-sex wedding. Um, so that is the, uh, you know, he refused service, or they, I think it was a couple. Now we've got a another conservative or politically conservative person getting kicked out of a restaurant. And so there's just, there's sort of this, this, this ongoing thing of you've got a conservative refusing service to a progressive, and then you've got a progressive refusing service to a conservative. Now all sides hate everybody. And I guess my question is, is, is this the shape of things now? Like, is this just like, is this how we want things to be? It seems kind of ridiculous to me when somebody comes into your restaurant, if they're assuming they're abiding by rules of decorum in a restaurant to refuse right. them service based on who they are. So, so Big R, I want to lay a scenario on you that, that piggybacks on Pipe's question. Yeah, let's say, let's say that you, uh, you have packed your little rolling bag. Um, you've got your lanyards ready to go. You've, you've checked in through the airport and you land in Naples, Florida. And you go to a restaurant and the manager of the restaurant happens to know that you are a wildly successful, famous <laughs> Gospel Coalition main stage speaker, Crossway author, um, and therein she knows that you are um, theologically conservative and that your views differ wildly from hers. And she comes up to your table and she says, I'm sorry, retreat man. Uh, I'm going to have to refuse to serve you your quinoa salad and veggie plate. Um, You're going to have to go elsewhere for that. Like how did – how does that strike you? How does that feel? Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, dude, that that's such a bizarro scenario. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think, like, I think that, I think the uh, the initial reaction would just be like, I feel like I'm being pranked right now. Like, mm-hmm. this can't be real. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I, you know, here's the thing: if it if it was real, if this woman was like totally offended just by my beliefs, by my stance on certain yeah. things, even though. You know, hopefully I've been polite to her and I planned on giving her, you know, my standard Ronnie Martin 45 percent tip. 45 percent Judas H. Priest. You know, um, uh, you know, it's a lot of money in church planting, Ted. It is. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. It's so dramatic. A lot of cash. It's just rolling around. It's just just flowing like mud. But um, I don't know. I think I think I I would just be I I don't I don't know that I would do anything other than, oh, okay, (laughs) just get up and go to another place. I don't feel like I would I don't feel like I would be indignant about it or outraged. I would just it would be so it would be so confusing to me. I would need time to process it because I would be very startled. Just happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because like it would be such a it'd be such a weirdo thing to have. I mean, you'd be looking around you going, wait a minute. Am I missing? Like, what am I missing here? Yeah. You know, I think you would just be so like flabbergasted that I would just be like, um, Oh, can we chat about this? Oh, we can't. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I'm just going to go. I mean, you want me to go? I'm going to go, but I don't think I would, I don't think I would go to the press. I don't think I would make like a thing about it because I just, 
I I honestly wouldn't really care. You would you immediately go write a twelve reasons why I was refused service for my conservative theological beliefs article for no. Uh, you know what I would do? Your, I would, would, but that I would, would email Joe Carter and I would say, hey, here's nine things that happened to me today at the restaurant. Why don't you? Do a TGC article, and then and you know, he, would he would say, "I need three more if it's going up on the gospel." <laughs> he only <laughs> does it's a little short. It's a little thin. I mean, it would well, give us. A, I, I'd be thinking, man, oh, dude, we have so much to talk about on the rant this week. That would be my first thought. I would almost be glad it happened because sure, I would have so. Sure. I mean, I would have like 19 sermon illustrations. I would have like a topic that would last an hour on the rant. It would honestly be like the best thing that ever It'd be could a happen. gift for you. <laughs> yeah, it would be a gift. Boys, I've got a I've got a restaurant idea that I want to lay on you, and I'll, I want to know if you guys want to go partners with me on this. My lady is in food service, so uh, I feel like all the planets are aligning for us to start this restaurant. I want to call it Maybe, and when you enter the restaurant, you sit down with a questionnaire and a sheet of paper in which you hash out all of your political and social and cultural and religious beliefs, and then you submit the document, the dossier, um, to the restaurant staff, and then they decide if they want to serve you or not. Um, the restaurant's called Maybe, and and maybe you get the meal, maybe you don't. Um, maybe you get the meal, but it's like the steak is raw, or there's somebody spit in your burger. Like, yeah, exactly. Is that, is that, is that on levels. the table for Maybe? Like, is that anything is on, the on the table? Yeah, yeah. There's different. There's different levels of rejection. Um, I want to open this in conjunction with my my Brooklyn gastro pub called Allergy. Um, in which you write down all of your food-related allergies on the way in, and then the chef crafts like a completely custom, personalized meal for you that costs uh, bare minimum eighty-seven dollars. Uh, I think allergy. That? What's that? What would my tip be on that? Yeah, your tip forty-five percent, thirty-seven dollars. Carry the carry the four. Yeah, I don't know, but um, I actually think allergy is a great idea. I, I'm only half kidding about that one. Yeah, I, I don't think you should be kidding about maybe at all. Yeah, I like maybe too because I love it. Yeah, yeah, I love it, and I and I might, I maybe, maybe I want to invest in that big T. Are so. you guys in? Are you partners? Maybe. I'm okay. <laughs> you can take some of that sojourn money, Big R, and sink it into this. Well, you know, I'm, I got I'm, def- I'm definitely in on allergy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think allergy would kill. All kidding aside, I think that would. Be I mean, huge. if you did it wrong, it would definitely kill somebody with a fake Ooh. gluten allergy. Is going to go get fake sick, and it's going to be real ugly. That's true. See, we would have to like the. I, I feel like the insurance on a place like that would be astronomical. So that's gonna that's gonna drive the prices. Would it be up. gastronomical? Ooh, I see you, Pipe. Baby, after maybe is a success, do you think we could like branch out and and, and maybe start a restaurant just called No? I was gonna say, I think I think, well, I think the better name might be Nope. You know, just <laughs> nope. nope. You go there just to get rejected. I yeah. love it. Yeah, love it. I like it, man. I like it. I mean, are we? Do we think that's okay, or do we think that's not okay? Because according to you, Big T, like you're okay with people getting refused service. Here's my question, man. On a serious note, yes. I thought, I thought. You know, when you put up one of those signs on your restaurant that said, I have the right to like, I thought that meant you could refuse service to anybody. I thought that was like, I thought we could do that. Yeah, I I guess we can. But typically it's like if somebody like, you know, stumbles into your restaurant with no shirt, you can refuse them service. But uh, I guess this is a well, how, what is the extent of this, though? Because if I decided to wear a T-shirt that says, I reserve the right to smack anyone in the face, does that give me legal right to smack anyone in the face? Like, is it just, do we just need to declare this publicly? Like, I, I declare myself legally, legally exempt from all punishment for, for uh, hitting people. 
And if that's all it takes, yeah, I'd say let's hang some signs and start smacking folks. Well, yeah, but dude, this is refusing service. I mean, isn't there like, I thought there's something like, isn't it like a, is it a constitutional thing or what, what is it? Or is it not? The constitution is a bit fuzzy these days, Ron. I'm not sure anybody knows how to answer that question. I don't even know what the constitution is. I just, I was just saying. On the all important service at the, at the restaurant. um, I was just saying that to sound smart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson was not thinking about the red hen when uh, he was or or uh, AR-15s, for that matter, when he helped write that document. So I'm you have no proof of that. (laughs) Fair. I don't. He he might have been a very prescient man who recognized the uh, (laughs) the right to reserves to refuse service to people. I, I, I might be wrong about that. So, okay, so we don't even know if you're allowed to refu- like if you, we don't even know if people actually have that right to refuse service or, or what I think they have the right to refuse service. The question is, can they refuse it for any reason? Like Ted's proposal was, people should be able to. What you walk, somebody walks in, you're like, I don't like redheads. I'm not serving you, um, and and so just for any reason. So you got the the wedding cake guy. Like that's been drawn out because that's that's deemed, um, you know, that's. That's like a hate crime. Yeah, it's like a hate crime. It's bigoted. This is political as opposed to due to somebody's sexual orientation. And so that's a that's a whole different thing. And so I I feel like if you're in a, the service industry, you should just assume that it's best to provide service and not refuse people. Just as a general rule, I feel like refusing people is, is kind of a douche move in general. Yeah. Am I, I wrong agree. about that? No, I think you're right about it, but I'm I'm currently looking at a picture of the red hen and the owners of the red hen, and it just got a lot less surprising. <laughs> is is all I'm gonna say. I'm not looking at the picture. Will you describe it for me? Okay, yeah. So imagine you you've been to Franklin, Tennessee, right? Pipe, of course you have. Sadly, you're you're yes. a Nashville resident. Yeah. Um, Franklin is like affluent white people Disney. And the thing about Franklin is every place is cute. You know what I mean? Every place is like unspeakably quaint and cute. Um, this this place kind of fits that bill. Like it's a little old, like uh, it looks like the picture of a house that you draw like on your notebook when you're in like grade school. You know what it's I mean? Kind it's kind of like a little like it'd be like a like a little breakfast nook kind of like a, a little breakfast kind of a nook. It's red. Yeah. It's got the little slanted roof and like one door and one window and. Like if you were drawing a house, you would draw like the little chimney and a little plume of smoke coming so out of it. You you're know saying what I mean? it's exactly what I would picture when I hear the name the Red Hen. The Red Hen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and the, and the ownership is exactly what you would picture when somebody said, "What do the owners of the Red Hen look like?" <laughs> um, and and yeah, which is to say, sort of middle aged college town, like 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 the kind of couple you would run into at like an art festival. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, are there thick-framed so, glasses on either of them? There are no thick-framed fa- okay. glasses involved at this at this time, but I may be looking at an old picture. Well, sometimes people but, take uh, the glasses off for photos because of reflection, so my guess is there are thick-framed glasses, just uh, not for the camera. Exactly. That that may have happened, but far be it from me. I, I don't. The last thing I want is people like deconstructing my photos on the internet. So um, I'm I'm just going to leave that there. But uh, but yeah, it looks it looks very quaint, very very quaint. Um, well, I think anyway, we need, I think we need to get a business plan in place for maybe and nope. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm I like it. I'm unsure on maybe. I'm definitely in on nope. 
Nope just levels up the maybe business plan that much more. And what what's nice about Nope is that you don't have to spend any money on like overhead for food and stuff. So, you know, people just come in. It, it does still have to be unspeakably hipster. It has to deliver the level of hipster opulence that people are accustomed to so that they can be told no in a place that's aesthetically pleasing. I think that's that's going to be key for Nope's yeah, success. Yeah, that's true. I mean, because it could still be, yeah, it could be sort of like a uh, one of those those shared work environment kind of places, you know. So, like, sorry, yeah. we we decided not to serve you food. You're welcome to sit over there with your laptop or something. Right, you can um, sit and like <clears throat> siphon off the free Wi-Fi or whatever. Can can I be the Nope guy for maybe? So if if the if the decision <laughs> tilts towards no, do I get to be the one who informs the prospective diner? Nope. In that sense, you're like the anti mater D. You're like the front of the house guy that that everyone hates. I, I love this. I think this is perfect for you, Pipe. So you're definitely the nope guy. Okay, then you I'm the then I'm then I'm in on maybe. I'm all in. All right, all right. There it is. Well, we're doing business today, boys. We're uh, it's it's an idea podcast, and Ronnie, as we discussed off the air, is an idea guy. He's a visionary. Um, that's that's why he can't be chained to a desk. So uh, we've done we've done good work today, boys. Um, let's do some more good work. Let's talk about the Fourth of July. Um, let's talk about patriotism. Let's talk about patriotic church services. Big R, I assume you've got some um, American flags and, and kind of pro-military stuff going on there at, at Substance this weekend. What uh, what does that look like? Yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna open up with "God Bless America, Land That I Love," mm-hmm. and whatever the third and fourth line in, is in that song. I'm gonna write brand new songs for that. Okay, and um, we're we're just going to. Uh, we're gonna. I, I think the title of my message is uh, "America is a Christian Nation," mm, and uh, and we're just gonna, you know, we're just gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do what you're supposed to do on Fourth of July weekend uh, at church, which mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, God and country. You know, yeah. that's that's what but we're not do. in that order. Uh, no, it's. I'm sorry. I meant, I meant country and God, and maybe Thank not you. even God. Maybe just country, dude. So okay, let me let me ask you this question. Um, and this may not apply to your church, but just in general. So like churches that lean sort of self-consciously hipster, I feel like a tenet of hipsterness is to kind of bash America and be down on it. Like, do you overcorrect in the other direction if you're helming like a hipster church? I mean, is the, is this, does the sermon become like a, a warning against sort of nationalism and, and equating God and country and all that? Is, is that, is that part of the approach at a hipster church, like in a sense, do you over acknowledge it by trying so hard to not acknowledge it? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's not my gig because I just, no, I just don't even talk about it. So I, it's just, it's not something that, it's not something I get really stirred up about. So it, it's yeah. just, it's an, it's like a non-issue to me. So I'm certainly not going to go too far the other way. And I'm, you know, so I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to try to just like, you know, make my point to all the people yeah. that come in that are, that are waiting to hear something patriotic. And, uh, and nor am I going to cater to the people that are, you know, just, you know, already have their dukes up, you know, like coming in. Mm-hmm. And I, I just it's just not like a, it's not a thing for me. It's not an issue for me. Like my heart just doesn't really like beat too loudly in like some of those kind of like areas. Sure. So so I just I'm just not really that concerned about it. And so for me, like I came from churches where you had to do something. A little, you know, I was it was always suggested. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we do that one patriotic song? And I always said, no, we're not going to do that. And. And, um, and so now with, you know, after planning a couple of churches, you just like, you just, you, you form a culture that just doesn't even engage in that. And so mm-hmm. it's not like we have a tradition of it. So it makes it simple, makes it easy. Now yeah. I happen to know that you're pro military jacket. 
How does that work into the fourth? Agenda? Well, I think I think that's that's me trying to show everybody that I'm not a I'm not a hater. That's yeah. a nuance. Yeah, absolutely. Nuance. absolutely. But do you wear the Che Guevara hat on the fourth of July? I don't do hats. Okay, that's true. That messes with the hair, doesn't it? Yeah, I just don't do hats, right? So there you go. That keeps it simple, to, doesn't? I would love to do hats, but then I I would be messing with the the hair, and that just cannot happen. Dot com. You know? Did you ever try a hat, Big R? Did you ever have a hat phase where you're just like, you know what, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to I'm going to level up. This is going to happen. Yeah, I did, man. I had the hat phase when I was younger and I had Talk like us the, through that. Well, so I had the super long bangs and the rest yeah. of my hair was short, you know? Yeah. And so I could wear a hat with my bangs kind of hanging out. And so because Ooh. it was my hair was like that, it didn't really mess up my hair. Yeah. And so I could take my hat off and, and the hair was still intact. What kind of hat are we looking at there, baby? A beanie or like a Dodgers cap or what? No, are, what? I mean, they would have been like, it would have been like back when you were wearing more like the, uh, you know, kind of the black, you know, kind of, how do you describe them? I, like, just like, no, I, I know what you're talking about, I think. Yeah. Like yeah, a I don't fedora? Know, or more no, like. No, no, no. I'm too type fedora. Um, uh, gosh, I don't know. Just, just basic, like black, like un, you know, sort of like unmarked caps. This is gonna, this is gonna sound terrible, but like kind of the sort of hat that like Fidel Castro wears. You know what I mean? In those, yeah, yeah like yeah. that kind of cap with kind like of the a short, faux, like a faux black military cap. That's the Che Guevara yeah. hat that I was just talking about. Like that's, I oh, mean, okay. granted, his oh. have like the star on the front and whatever, but sure, it's sure, that sure, style. Sure. Where, yeah, it's like a, it's like a cylinder with a tiny little, uh, yeah, a tiny, tiny little, tiny little half bill. Yeah. Kind of, but like back in the 80s, those weren't like really in like the late 80s. They weren't like totally in fashion yet. So it would be like a version of that before those and got all. To be all clear, in the late 80s, you were totally in fashion. Of course. <laughs> Just in case and anybody only, was wondering. Only in the 80s did you use the word totally in fashion too. Baby, so, what, did, uh, what, did, what did Ron Martin look like in the late 80s? Did you go through a little Don Johnson Miami Vice stage? With no, like that a, was never my thing. That was too silly. No, I was wearing mm, a lot of uh, – You are very serious, weren't you? Oh, dude. Serious so, young man. Serious. all black. It was Tormented. Kind of, Self-serious. It was like sort of gothy a little bit. You know, mm. it was like it was kind of like, oh, I'm listening to The Cure. and Oh, yeah. I'm moping. You know, I'm moping around. And, yeah, I'm yeah. totally mopey. And, what are you so happy for? You're not paying attention. Right? Yeah, well, like that, there's nothing to be – I mean, everything's yeah. horrible. There's nothing to be happy about, right? Absolutely. Because it's the 80s and, you know, there's nothing, you know, yeah, right. It's the 80s. It's not like everyone's prospering financially. Right, right. Exactly. The Reagan era, everybody was dying and yeah, yeah. yeah, there was no wealth to be uh, spread around. So I don't know. We're miserable, right? So. Oh, Judas. Pipe, what did you look like in the late 80s? You're pretty young. You were like a kid. What did I look like in the late 80s? Uh, Yeah, fashion-wise. Well, let's see. I would have been somewhere between the ages of six and eight. Uh, which means I was wearing whatever hand-me-downs survived my three <laughs> older brothers. So I was also uh, at peak fashion um, yeah. because nobody nobody outdresses a pastor's kid wearing hand-me-downs. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, so it would have been it, it would have been a lot of like I believe there was there was a lot of clip-on ties on Sundays. I remember that. I believe I had Ooh. to wear penny loafers at various points. Did they really um, make you wear a clip-on tie pipe? As, uh, periodically, although my mom gave up on that when I was fairly young. So probably by the early 90s, that battle was no longer being fought. So it wasn't every Sunday that, like, was it just, like, for, like, a holiday? Yeah, or I think we're talking, criteria? like, yeah, Easter, Christmas, you know, I probably had, like, a red, white, and blue one for the 4th of July or something like that. Um, let's see. I wore, you remember, like, the rugby shirts with the huge, the, like, the white Absolutely. collar and then the huge wide stripes? Yeah. Which, Dude, I loved rugby's. Those are yeah. especially flattering on short, fat kids. Um, yeah. and I was a short fat kid, so 
really, really rocked the uh, the rugby shirts. Um, and then I think I wore a lot of Minnesota Twins gear. Oh, so, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was just, you know, I was a fashion plate as a seven-year-old. Pipe, here's a question for you, man. Did, did I mean, did, uh, did Johnny P, like, did he preach, like, the, you know, the traditional, like, you know, America sermon on 4th of July weekend? No. How did that work? No, my dad, uh, so when I was little, so it would have been mid and late 80s, our church still had... Uh, you know, the Christian flag on one side ah, of the stage and the American flag on the other side of the stage. <clears throat> and nice. my dad campaigned sort of quietly behind the scenes, so not a vocal outspoken thing, to remove both flags. Oh, um, dude. So he, I mean, I think he really wanted the U.S. flag gone, but it was kind of an all or nothing thing. And so I don't remember all the details because, again, six years old, seven years old, not exactly privy to, to church polity and, and argument details, but... So yeah, he was not. Uh, I don't remember ever singing a patriotic song in church. Yeah, dude. When did it become cool and fashionable to hate America? Like, when did that start? Was it the Vietnam War? Was it George W. Bush? <laughs> Vietnam. Well, yeah, Vietnam War for sure. But like, I don't know. I feel like it became sort of a like a persona builder, especially for college kids. Well, and stuff, I think it was. Like, you know, there was the, the, the Vietnam War was sort of the counterculture because that was the children of the greatest generation. <laughs> And so they, yeah. you know, they were responded to so very differently. And then there was sort of a period of like sort of non-combativeness by the United States. So I think it was when it was it was really when George W. Bush sent people uh, into the Middle East after 9-11, I feel like is when yeah. it really peaked. That was that sort sense. of the the anti-government, anti-military. And that was also sort of the rise of the hipster generation because that was like my yeah. college years. Um, sure. So I I think that's when it sort of peaked as as like a cultural trend. Although you Gen Xers, you held it down pretty well there for about twenty years in between. Well, yeah. our thing was just I mean we did we couldn't even be bothered to care about whether we loved or hated America. <laughs> exactly. Our whole thing was just you have to just not care about anything. Yeah, yeah. But you left the America door open. When... Like you you didn't you didn't take a side, which left sort of a there was a there yeah. was a clear runway for those who decided to just dog on all things America. Dude, well, yeah, we left it open thing. for people that actually wanted to care because they look at us and they go, how can you not care? You yeah. know, so they they kind of went like full, like, like back to like 60s Vietnam summer of love kind of kind of mentality. I mean, that's uh-huh. that's what I feel like when I'm looking at my like my daughter's generation. It's like, no, but we have to care. Like you guys never cared. You guys never cared about anything. Yeah. Dude, she's like, yeah I don't wrong. even care about this conversation right now. Right. You're right. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. why this podcast works, because. I I occasionally get heated and you guys both shrug. You're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but Pike, whatever. you're almost like more of a Gen Xer in some ways. I got to I got to admit. Yeah, I'm you know? I'm not I'm not a true stereotypical millennial. I'm not I don't attach myself to every cause. And dude, you know, and you're at the very very like you're the last year that a guy can be a millennial for your age anyway, right? Right. I mean, and I you know, and when you become a parent at 23, you <laughs> kind of get all the millennial just whooped out of you. So that's true. Um, yeah, when when you have to be responsible as a young person, you no longer get to be a millennial. Sorry, kids. Sure. It's true. That's good, though. That's a good word. Pipe, you know what I would like to hear? I would like to hear Ronnie Martin as Joy Electric make a patriotic song. So get in the studio with the with the, the Moog and bang out a little like patriotic anthem. Maybe we'll make that the, uh, the new intro. How about that? <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> we'll run that as the intro every 4th of July. No, no, just every week, forever. Just, or every week, forever. I, I'm right. fine with that. 
very, very, absolutely fine with that. The American rant. The American rant. I love I, it. I believe that's called the Rush Limbaugh show. Ah, gotcha. Ah, dang it. Somebody's already doing it. Guys, what happened to Reform Pubcast, our sister? Is that still a thing? I, don't I never know. hear anybody talking about it anymore. I know. I don't know what to do. Although, Maybe to they, be fair, I'm never in a context where people would talk Maybe about they it. got so rich off of the Calvinist documentary, they just retired to their private yacht. Oh, that Calvinist doc, man. That Mike, were they the ones that put paint. that thing out? Was that them? Uh, yeah. I, I believe uh, so. I believe I one that. of their hosts was the guy who created it. Guys, when are we going to do our, like, uh, you know, our Zwingli, magnum opus? Our Zwingli doc. doc. <laughs> I want to do a Zwingli doc right, right, after, right after you start caring, Ron. Okay. What's Zwingli's first name? I feel like he has a boss first name. What is it? Ulrich. Ulrich. Dude, I just love his last name. I, I always also, tell everybody, dude, I'm a Zwingli guy. I always like to say that. Also occasionally yeah. spelled Holdreich. So Ooh, if you want to get a little, little uh, Reformation nerdy. Yeah. Dude, Which just I, the name. Imagine having a last name like Zwingli, boys. I mean, that's epic. Dude, if I had like an 80s metal band, I would call it, call like, it Zwingli. Holdreich Zwingli. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine the T-shirt potential there, Big oh my R? Gosh, man! Dude, I'm, I already got like three designs in my head because I'm a I'm a creative. Dude, wait, let's wait, make wait. them. Let's I, get Jeff from. I Michelin. thought metal bands only had three designs for all T-shirts, Ron. <laughs> like, isn't that the point of a metal band T-shirt? I think they only have one design for all T-shirts. If we're being honest, that's all but, they need, though. Fair. I mean, if you, if, yeah, if it were if, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? Guys, um, can we start both of these restaurants and our metal bands? I just feel like. We've had Italy. we've had three really amazing ideas on the program. Playing live tonight, it may be. It may be. Yeah. Well, may, maybe playing live tonight, and maybe. <laughs> Holdreich right. Zwingli. Holdreich Zwingli. Oh, I, I love it. I knew it was pronounced that way, Pipe. Holdreich? Well, it, it's different spellings. It's Ulrich is the name, but Holdreich is a way cooler name for a band. Pipe, how would your old man pronounce it? That's all I want to know. How would D.A. Carson pronounce it? That's all I want to know. Probably like a little Canadian twist on it, too. Yeah. Yeah, what is the? I mean, he says Isaiah, and you know, like two Corinthians. He's got to have a weird way of saying. Yeah, and he says Roth too, not Raft. Yeah, Roth, like Rothschild. Dude, my spinoff metal band is going to be called Roth, <laughs> but spelled like Wrath with an umlaut over the a. <laughs> I feel like that's an '80s metal thing too. Oh yeah, just the the random accent mark. Yeah, yeah. that's more like our Norwegian black one. metal band. Dude, that's our Norwegian black metal band. It's going to be called Roth. <laughs> oh. Dude, I'm literally designing the T-shirts in my head. And then we just do a spin-off podcast called The Happy Roth. Oh, I love it. I love it. Big Dude, we got to get Jeff from Missional Wear on the Horn to make these Absolutely. ironic T-shirts post-haste. So, have you guys ever met Jeff from Missional Wear? I never have. Just exchanged emails and had one phone call. I was getting the, him confused with the guy from Righteous, or the guy that used to own Righteous Ratch, Paul Van Diem, I think is his name. Mm. I still talk to him, but he's not doing. He's not. Did we ever work with them for anything? I don't think no, so. No, Missionalware got in the door early, and we okay. have worked with them for the. We've got an exclusive with Missionalware yep. boys. Exclusive, yeah, uh, officially licensed, Happy Rant uh, apparel provider. So, absolutely. You know, you don't, as we should. Those contracts don't come lightly. Oh my gosh! Yeah, a lot they're of binding. meetings. A lot. Binding. They're they're extremely binding. Right. Um, gosh, boys, have we have we wandered to and fro yet? Big R, how's your time? Yeah, I know. It, feel, it feels very to and fro to me. I mean, what do we have? What's left on the docket? Maybe we can squeeze something in for a quick minute, right? Let's let's do a quick minute on can bad worship songs ruin passages of scripture? This was a, a listener question. So let's say you've got a bad worship song. Does it ruin that passage of scripture for you? Uh, well, I, think, like I, worst, think, I think I think I think the worst good, one that we can think of. 
I was going to say, I think good worship songs can ruin passages of scripture because you get to the verse and then all you can hear is the tune in your head. So whether or not the song is good or bad, you know, you're reading Psalms and all of a sudden you get to the deer pants for the water and you're flashing back to like the late 80s and (laughs) whoever that was, Keith Green or somebody. And, uh, you know, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul, what is it, longeth? I think they were using King James English. So, you know, or... uh, What's what's it? Almost any passage in Revelation has some song attached to it. I feel like yeah. anything about a river of life, you start you start to like hear the four on the floor drum beat. And dude, uh, Roth actually has a. We have a concept <laughs> record based on the the entire book of of Revelations with an S. So, yeah, that's sweet. That's going to yeah, drop in a couple of months. Are you going to do like a big graphic, like, you know, like the big LED screen background with various images of dragons and like flying oh, course, scorpions dude. and these just, yeah. there has to be something super apocalyptic and, and mildly nauseating, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the whole, the whole point of the whole thing for sure. Ron, what's the, uh, what, is there any, is there any like line from a song that will forever earwig you when you get to that verse? <laughs> dude, I don't know. I mean, it... I mean, yeah, there are some, yeah, it's funny when you're like, when you're, when you are like doing some reading and you hit one of those <laughs> lines and the song just pops in your head. What I'm more fascinated by is why some worship songs like kind of take us through the ages and then other ones like they're like so the age of Elijah. Yeah. Like things like that. Or like, remember, remember these kind of ones from the eighties, like I love you, Lord, <laughs> like those ones. And it's like, like that will never be sung again. Like anywhere. Were you saying like, that? You know. Where was I? I was somewhere. Where no. I was saying that as, as like a bridge in another song. So it's like they're old enough now that they're, oh, so they're, 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 they're taking being, them and they're like combining they're them. They're being mashupped. Yeah. They're treating them like old hymns. Like we're going to like, we're going to like take this thing and we're going to make it. Cool. We're going to canonize this thing. Forever. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. So it, a, hymn like needs, a hymn needs song. a bridge to be cool. Yeah. And an 80s song is not cool enough to be a song, but it can be used as a bridge so they, yeah, they're getting adopted. Like I'm waiting for "Shine Jesus Shine" to come back as a bridge for another song. Dude, I've been saying this for years. Like it's only a matter of time before like those '80s Maranatha songs are going to get like revamped, and everybody's going to be like going gaga because those a lot of those actually had like really killer hooks, but they just ha- they just feel like that era. You know yes. what I mean? But yeah. um, Grant Kendrick is about to get rich again, folks. <laughs> Yeah, well, how can we get a piece of that action? Can we? Uh, well, I just because I want to get rich again too. Zwingli. I want to get rich for the first time. Get get Zwingli on it. Yeah, we'll get Zwingli on it. I'll talk to the other guys in the band. And I always tell get... people I'm not a Calvin guy. I'm not a Luther guy. I'm a Zwingli guy. That's what I always say. Dude, we're all Zwingli guys now. <laughs> I'm just we're stating that for the record. If they ask yeah. me who are you, I'm gonna say, Oh, me? Are you talking to me? Oh, yeah, I'm a Zwingli guy. Well, there it is, folks. We're uh, we're all Zwingli guys. Um, we have wandered to and fro. <laughs> throughout this podcast and until next time rachel the held evans the happy rant is brought to you by resonate recordings if you go to resonaterecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer so if you're considering starting a podcast they are the ones we recommend going with Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. 
I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.